¿Qué ondas, primos y primas? My name is Freddy, and welcome to My Primos Podcast. Uh, this week, listeners, we have a special, I would call it a event, a gathering, a roundtable, if you would. Uh, I asked uh, some good uh, fellow friends, content creators out there on the web and in real life themselves, um, that we come together to have a discussion about uh, what's happening here that impacts uh, you know, our people, uh, Latinos in general, but just specifically Central Americans recently. We had the migrant caravans coming from Honduras, Salvador, Guatemala, coming all the way up to Mexico, to the border between the U.S. and Mexico and Tijuana. Uh, there's been tons of different opinions about this subject. Uh, there's thoughts on both sides of this, even within Mexico and themselves, United States, and just conversations happening uh, in between here and there. So I figured we can have a conversation between uh, individuals from all walks, from different sides, just different opinions, still like-minded, not to offend but to really just bring something to the light that needs to. You know, some of these conversations are not easy to have. These conversations need to happen, though, if we expect change within our own people. You know, we cannot stand by and let uh, our culture kind of devour each other. You can't step on each other to get ahead. That doesn't make things work. So the only way we can do this is we acknowledge what's happening, see what we can figure out as changes, and try to give answers to those questions. You know, and where's the confusion? And go from there. So it's me tonight, as always, is my primo and yours. I don't know como te llamas hoy, si es Walter, Ulises, Chukume, como te llamas hoy? Uh, numero siete. Numero siete. Yeah. Uh, numero siete is here with me, as always, and you know how he's going to have his opinions with us. But tonight, also, I want to introduce uh, two new parties. We used, we were going to have a few other uh, visitors it's, with us. It's, it's, uh, we want to also note that, that uh, Gloria from Radio No Jodas is going to be here, and from... Tropicaneando. We have Sara. Sara was going to be with us. They could make it. You know, things happen. Things hopefully, happen. in the future. Adulting work. Mm-hmm. You got to pay your dues and your rent. <laughs> yeah, so. it's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to introduce kind of the, the other parties that we have with us today. We have uh, Daniel Coronado from the Plot Twist podcast. Uh, definitely uh, glad to have you on board, Daniel. Say hi to everybody. Thank you. How's it going, everybody? Coming to y'all from San Francisco, California. Awesome, man. Thanks for having, thanks for uh, allowing us to, to, to meet with you and coming on board. Yeah, and then we have uh, no definitely returning, and we didn't scare him off the last time he yeah. was here, uh, <laughs> is uh, a good friend of ours here, a good friend of mine, uh, Hector. And you can remember him, Hector, the creator of El Peso Hero. Say hi to everybody, Hector. Hola, saludos. Uh, pleasure to be on board. All right, man. Thank you guys again so for So what the board. hell are we here for, Stanley? We're here to Freddy. talk about this issue, man. You know, if anybody's not familiar with this, we have roughly about 9,000 people now. Last I read, almost nine, about 8,300 people at the, the border trying to get into Human the U.S. Beings. Human beings. And people call them... Migrants, or uh, I mean, the, we call them backpackers. Caravans, and you know, because we we gotta we gotta put a face to it. Because if they're backpackers, they're backpacking through one country to another. There's less animosity. Uh, but we're here because of just. Let's ask the question just to kind of get everything going. So because we wrote this down. We want to be. We want to be as as professional as, as possible. possible. We, we like that sometimes, but so. With the mass migration of Central Americans arriving at the border with the U.S., you know, they, they have been in all our feeds. 
TV screens, news, and even before they crossed the southern Mexican border, that caravan was used as a Trumpian propaganda to scare white America into voting for a wall. That was used as a tool. Even before they got here, they were already using that as a tool for elections to help yeah. kind of drive that that yeah. that as a fear tactic. You know, that propaganda. They're invading us. We need a wall. We need to protect our borders. But today, we're coming together to try to clear all that murkiness of this topic. America has held on to this as an invasion, not a humanitarian issue, but they consider it almost a war. Now, it's noted that since this has become the forefront of the news, you know, uh, the Honduran woman that que rechazó los frijoles, you know, she's saying, no, like, oh, frijoles, me dan frijoles nomás, es misera de frijoles, kind of like, she gave that, that immediately gave a bad taste in the mouth yeah. of everybody. Bad aftertaste. Bad aftertaste. And she was immediately villainized, and that was the stereotype for all of the people coming through, that all of them are ungrateful, ungrateful that all of them are, are not, not willing to accept help as it is. And then they started villainizing these people, saying that they're destroying the country, they're coming through as a locust, that they're just destroying, leaving garbage, that they should go back to their countries and, and die there. No, there's so much hate that happened so fast over one thing that even became a meme. One one example, just it's one example. The negative media, you know, it's it's awful, you know, and we know that migration has always been happening, yeah. right? It's always happening. This isn't the first time people try to cross into the United States or cross any country. It's not the first time. But my question to you to kind of start things off Como is: dice Los Tigres del Norte tres veces mojado, right? <laughs> That's not the first time that you know people have been coming across, but they've been doing so in a very. So usually, when people right? cross over to between countries or fleeing, it's very like covert, very secretive, right? Right. Usually, because they're afraid of any type of repercussion. Oh yeah. But but this time around, we want to ask: Why do you all believe that this became so public? Because this was very public to start with. Whoever organized this was not very public. Typical, right? It's not typical at all. What are your thoughts as to why this migration became so public and why it got such a following this time around? You know, it, it, it had to do with, um, it, you know, this has always happened. You know, it's my, they're, they're refugees. I mean, that's what they're, they're refugees. They're fleeing, you know, violence and, and economic disparity and so uh -huh. you know I, I like to call them the refugees um, and so you know in this case it just it was just a right mix man you know with nationalism in the United States and then now nationalism is a hell of a drug so much so that even in Mexico <laughs> they're starting to get into it now yeah. oh yeah now I'm everything too yeah. right it, it, and so it's uh, especially with uh, you know, you know, it's always it's always great having a villain. In this case, mm. you know, these uh, my refugees were the perfect. They were in the perfect spot. You know, to be villainized. You, to be villainized, yeah. This sucks, to man. Daniel, what are your thoughts, man? Maybe what um, do you think this is so I public? The reason why I think it's so public, one, um, definitely we live in 2018 where social media is just getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Um, I think before, um, like maybe years past, um, in the early 2000s, social media or internet was probably arguably more accessible to Americans, you know what I'm saying? Um, and so, but it also wasn't mobile. Like today, you can carry your phone around. 
um, even if you don't pay for your phone bill, you can record stuff. You can um, have all of that, como se dice, almacenado, like yeah. stored yeah, in your phone. Yeah, yeah. And... A little joint that has like little, in, in other Wi-Fi countries. Free like, Wi-Fi. In... <laughs> yeah, you have like los Cibet where you just go and chill and like you can, you pay a couple pesos or whatever the currency is in the country that you're at and you basically have internet. You can upload all of that and yeah, you stuff by publico, you know? And so um, I think that definitely has something to play with it. But I also think that having um, 45 as president, and for everybody who never listened to my podcast, I don't um, talk about um, the man in office in the United States as his name. I just awesome. don't believe in using my energy to address somebody who does nothing good for the world. Um, so anyway, 45 is now in office, and I think that this Trumpudo. is... People, right, uh, I don't even like to say that. Some people, um, some people, could say that this is like a radical movement that they're just um, that it could be like something like going against um, 45 and like just trying to um, move forward with their lives as well. Um, and so I think that also has something to play with it. But I definitely think it is the social media and the um, the internet that's just really taken over, and the fact that. Um, their lives are not livable, and this isn't the first time we see Central Americans um, in terrible situations where uh, Nicaragua was, I don't know how many months ago or if it yeah. was last year. Yeah, still, still, this month, yeah. With uh, all kinds of killings going on, bombs going off, and all kinds of weird, weird, crazy things that you never see in the United States, but because the United States um, has always been Metidos. mingling and... Yep. Right, their um, their heads into the things that they shouldn't be getting into. That's basically why this is all going on, and that's what I like to stand by. You know, to touch on that, I have a, a thought. You know, I always we me and Walter have always talked about in Salvador our history there in Central America. You mentioned Nicaragua and how in the U.S. and with Bush just passing too. There's been thoughts about oh, great Bush, great Bush. But what always brings me to mind, and you mentioned that is the fact that how much they meddled during, you know, the late 70s yeah. or mid-80s. The 80s, yeah. You know, we have my family, our families. Kissinger. The, you know, Kissinger. Uh, and also, but Contra. You know, when that went down, you look at how much of an impact that did, not only to El Salvador, which was the predominant place, but everything around it, Nicaragua, everyone. And just just having their, their hands meddling in that, do you feel that maybe the country or the people feel that they're owed this? You know, like, hey, I'm you have been in here... Like you said, to kind of give you a point, Daniel, that, hey, they're coming to kind of resist 45, coming, hey, you know what, we're going to push. Is it a matter of, hey, at this point, we're all falling apart because of how much you've meddled in these countries. Are we entitled to this, given the price oh. we've paid, us as Salvadoreños, Centroamericanos, you know, Guatemaltecos, Hondureños, Nicaraguenses? Are, you, are, are, Nicaragu- are Central Americans entitled to citizenship in the United States? Is that your question? Yes. Not citizenship uh, per se, but I'm saying being able citizenship, to... Citizenship, whatever I, the fuck. I don't give I a don't fuck think... what you want to call it, but are we entitled to this fucking ayuda? Ayuda? That's yes. It. That's what that's I'm saying. I'm, are we entitled to help? Is, is it going to manifest itself in a pinche green card or citizenship eventually? Who knows? But point being is, like, are we entitled to this? So I say... Is Mexico entitled for to get the lands that were stolen from the United States back in the 1840s? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Fuck yeah. That. You know, 
it's uh, it's this whole it's been this, the history of colonialism, man. It's like yeah. it's it's a horrible. And you can go back to Europe. I mean, right now with you know meddling in, in in Africa and all the refugees coming from Africa, you know. Uh, North Africa and, and, to I mean, Europe, to they give, have the same... And to just kind of give an example of... Um, I remember one time I was... And this is old. I'm probably dating myself in yeah. terms of how old I am. But um, one time I saw the uh, Michael Moore. He had uh, one of his uh, very popular documentaries where he mentioned... Or he was showing a group of white people, you know, you know, just talking, mouthing off. And one of this old lady said... I don't go to your countries. Don't come to mine. And it's like fucking all like all this like I was like, what the fuck is going on? It's like, lady, you've been up in our asses meddling and fucking around from Chiquita Banana to Kissinger to fucking George Bush that just passed away. And you're going to come and tell me like I am yeah, like, yeah. like, what the yeah. fuck are you eating? What the fuck do they put you in your in your pedigree that, you know, that. Or no, Purina. What is it? Purina. Yeah, okay. Like, like, de eso lo que da. A mí me da cólera eso. Que yeah. la gente no ve y no siente que. Like, I can tell you stories of my my dad. You know. So then that's the thing. Like, that's where the whole. Are we entitled to this? I think to give heck, like I'm saying, I think entitled to help. We, you know, asylum has always been there. Okay, but what I'm getting at is because of what has happened in the past and what the U.S. has done. I mean, why not, Hector? Why why isn't why couldn't Mexico lobby or sign a way to get their land back? You know, I don't know how. I don't, I'm not the guy in the room to tell you how that should work. But same thing with native, like with tribes, you know, and reparations with their land, you know, and like there's so much that we can look into as what is deserved and what is necessary. But in this scenario, the fact that you said it earlier that they're villainizing these people as opposed to getting, you know, what come on through, we'll go through the process and we can help you. Like I think we're entitled to it. You know, do you guys think that's not the case, or what are your thoughts? I don't know necessarily what exactly I feel towards that because I definitely believe that you know everything everything is man-made everything like mm -hmm. nothing exists like borders don't exist if it wasn't like, for human beings that, like that that made it money is not a real thing like yeah. we're really working with something that's been made up that does not um, exist exactly like the only thing that genuinely exists is um um Love is like I don't food, know. mother nature, our ourselves, and all of that. And um, but so I think it's really hard um to say who deserves what and who deserves something else. I personally think that the border should just be open because yeah. of what has been going on in, in in the past. But um, I think that the reason why the U.S. is like going against this so much, in my opinion, and I'm no politician. I don't study politics like that. To be completely honest with y'all, so. Um, bear with what I'm saying, but I just think that um, I just think that the U.S. does things and helps other people when it's when they see um, it fitting for them. You know what I'm saying? So, like, uh, for example, um, what like they gave like all these weapons to like Central American countries in the 70s and 80s or whatever. Yeah. I don't really know the whole history about it. But because they saw um, they saw it as helping, quote-unquote, helping them to defend themselves, blah, blah, blah. Um, and they did that because the U.S. saw opportunity in that. But now that we have the upper hand to help them out now, we don't want to do that because we don't see it as... A benefit. 
an opportunity to move forward. You know what I'm saying? Um, and especially not with, and, and I don't think that any president um, is really 100% supportive of this. Um, even though I don't support 45, and I obviously do um, rock with Obama a lot more, I, I really haven't, um, maybe I'm not looking around on social media enough, but I really haven't had him um, hear him do an address or anything like, hey, like, this and this and that is going on. Like, we stand in solidarity. Like, I don't really see much about that openly. And maybe I could be wrong. You guys can, you know, slide into my DMs on my Instagram and say, hey, man, like, I heard you said this, and this is actually what I have been seeing. So um, forgive me if I'm wrong, but these are just some things that I've noticed. No. Hector, any thoughts on that? Well, you know, I, I see your point about open voters, but, um, you know, I always believe in a balance, you know. And so, uh, and so I believe that, you know, we so countries have the right to defend their sovereigns. Sovereignty. 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 You know, and, and so especially in, you know, we in, in Mexico, the United States have a long history of borders, you know, going in this and that, and, and overreaching, and you know, Pancho Villa going in, and you know. But you know, in the deal with the cartels in Mexico, it's it's huge, and so uh, you know, one you, thing is, yeah. No, no, and to cut you off, but I don't want to lose trot. It's like you know, when you talk about the cartels and how they've been just uh, you know controlling and power and all that, and how we're trying to minimize you know trafficking, human drug, everything back and forth. You know, I don't know if you guys have heard this or not, but there's even you know been conversations between. You know, Mexicanos asking, saying, hey, you know, to Central America, hey, watch yourselves, watch what you're saying, watch what you're doing, because we can have the cartels take you out. Yeah. You know, that's you know, fucking it, scary. It, it, out of my, no, no, it, it, it is, you know, especially in the border, and it's something that none of us should take for granted that, that we're able to have this conversation freely, because, yeah. you know, I, I've been in, you know, visiting family, you know, where you have to watch what you say, you know, on the phone and all this, and the, you know, the the press is is silent, you know, they're they're yeah. they're threatened, they're they're afraid, and so it's very nasty stuff, and so, um, I, you know, and some of that does exist. I mean, they're in the major you know cities, but there it's not so much open and widespread like it, it could be. And so I say that, you know, and, you know, my family lost half their land during the Mexican-American War in Southwest Texas. And so it's one of the most important things. That's why in history it's important to win wars. <laughs> you, don't wow. want to, you don't want to be in the losing end of one. Well, who is it? whoever gonna... wins the war is writes the history books, you know, right. and it's like, yeah, it's bullshit when you talk True. about colonization. Rage against the machine. You know, yeah. like we talk about like, you know, for example, me and Walter always have the argument, not the argument, we kind of laugh at it when we people say, you know, hey, speak, speak English, you know, speak this. And at the end of the day, we're like, hey, that's a colonized language. Yeah. You know, like there's no animosity or you don't. About that, I think it's so interesting when people talk about you're speaking the colonizer's language um, or blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, that's funny because never have I seen a group of people try to learn the native language of the country. So Latinos can be like, oh, boo, English, blah, 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 blah. Pero ahí andas tú hablando el español, which is the colonizer's language. Exactly. That's why, that's why I always, like, I always tell Stanley, right, I always tell Stanley, and yeah. we, we were having a conversation regarding this just today because... You know, Stanley's son, 
he kind of like you know. He doesn't. He doesn't. You know, he yeah. doesn't speak English, Spanish. Yeah, my son. So it's como le digo yo están like el 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 inglés no lo sé y el español se me está olvidando. So where am I left with, right? So it's like don't be like learn. Try and know both languages, but if you don't, don't be too hard on yourself. It's like a colonized language, anyways. Like, it's like, and the one thing I hate the most is when you see videos online of of white people, you know, major, you know, predominantly white people telling Latinos speak English and blah blah. Like, motherfucker, this is your language. This is from Europe. You threw this upon me. This is a this language is from Latin roots. So it's a Western language. It's, it's a Western, Western language from yeah. from Latin roots and Germanic roots or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And then you're telling me to speak. It's like motherfucker. You're. I've already been colonized once. It's always. <laughs> and we know. We know. The, we know the reality, man. It's always easy to just kind of sit down with what you know and it's your bubble. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always easy to say, "Hey, this is my bubble. This is my language. I'm closed off. F you. Deal with it." The hardest part is realizing, oh shit, self-correction, right? It's like, oh, well, hey, maybe you're right. But, you know, kind of, I feel we're getting kind of getting off track. But going back to, um, yeah. let's let's address one question to kind of like uh, define, how did this, how did the caravan start to begin with? That's one question I would like to ask. Like, well, how did this happen? Like, It was... It was done with like kind of like what Daniel was saying. We have organiza- organizers mm-hmm. that kind of use social media in the past of, hey, you know what? This is getting bad. And your organizers were younger younger people, you know, that kind of use the media, uh, the medium, pardon, to kind of uh, bring the groups together. And they started spreading, spreading within yeah, people, within people. There's, there's a following. numbers, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. but there's safety in numbers. So they figure, hey, let's take a large group together and literally march down. Because one, the we avenue. avoid, we <laughs> avoid, well, yeah, they avoid extortion from the coyotes mm-hmm. they avoid danger for the families yeah, women group children by numbers, yeah. group in numbers yeah, safety yeah. in that and so yeah, this yeah, and, the numbers, female, yeah. and then the children and feel like you know women it's like sex trafficking pretty much no it's this horrible stuff that happened yeah and you know that that's why there's such a large movement uh happening and it was i mean to be honest with you the I'm kind of like proud that they were able to to get that large of a group of people to do the same thing at the same time and be able to, to be as, at least from my eyes, it was a good movement. But now, like you talked about Hector earlier, it's been twisted up and made to be villainized as an army marching down the country, you know? And it's like, that that's the, the, the bullshit that we got to clear up. Because, right, it's being used as a tool. Keep yeah. in mind, like before the so the elections, it was you know the caravans are coming, and we, you know, the troops so thousands I mean, of troops like going in. Zombies. Right. Yeah, and, and the funny thing was, you know, I have uh, I was at uh, my little daughter's birthday party, and, you know, and I have a brother-in-law. You know, he's more conservative nature. You know, more, and and so you know my my. My my dad is like a Mexican Bernie Sanders, and you know my brothers are more progressive, like yeah, and right. And so my sister used to be one of more thinking like we do, but you know she married, and so started to watch more Fox News. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag. Hashtag. Wow. Right? You know, and, and so we're having conversation, and uh, you're saying how horrible you know the circumstances are for the caravan, and, and then you know my brother-in-law jumps in like oh man they're like zombies coming in like i'm like dude wait like dude they're fam- there's people. families man they're, they're there's people human beings you know they're they're 
you know, because when there were, you know, that one image they were on the bridge trying to cross towards Mexico, and the Mexican, um, the the riot police yeah. were up, and you know, and, and it was, oh yeah, dude. I mean, but it's just the, it's just nasty how it, it all that stuff was being politicized and used as a tool, try to, but in the in it, it and it worked. We it saw worked. the, the it effects. Worked. It, worked. it worked. It worked. You know, you talking know, about that, how it worked. That fear of a brown planet worked here, perfectly in the United States. So. Well, yeah, the fear that you know. Let's talk about that. Like we, we, the reality is that there is a fear. There was a study that I read today. I believe at a I forget a campus in Virginia. A professor had like a talk, kind of like a round table, kind of what we're doing, but with more students. And what came up about the caravan? Say, what's the biggest fear about the caravan? And a group of white students, someone piped up and said, if they come here, I will be the minority. I will be outnumbered. Hmm. Hmm, what's so bad about being minority, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> what kind of, my thing is, like, how fragile can you be to think that your life is at risk when you literally probably don't even do any of the backbreaking work that a lot of these immigrants do? Like, can you tell me? The last time that you were without a job and you went to like go find um, the fields and you you know go do that, can you tell me about the last time that you probably had your parents um, standing outside of a Home Depot waiting to get picked up? Yeah. How about um, how about can and you know I don't mean to bash on on any um, uh, on any racial group. Sure. Usually, <laughs> but um, but it's it, it, if you take a look at it and if you really want to be that person to. Um, statistically go out and count go out and see the demographic of the of the homeless people and you'll see that the latino people are i've i've hardly seen very many latino homeless so, people like, can you, and it's because we're always yes. working yeah the perfect example is and sorry to interrupt you just to paint a picture you know just to paint a very useful picture is you got the lady, una muchacha o el señor vendiendo naranjas o flores. Right. And then who do you have next to them asking begging for, for money, me. begging for money, right? Right. And, and and I don't like to bash them either because they definitely are there for a yeah. reason too. Yeah, because yeah. the sure, whole, you know, sure. veterans yeah. assistance and yeah, all yeah. of that is, is, yeah, is a mental. It's real. It's real. Right. Right. And so, um, so what I'm saying is if you really think that them coming in is going to make you feel less then you got some serious ego issues, um, and somebody taught you something that is not true. Because our people, regardless of the of whatever it is, you're gonna see us with carretas vendiendo mango. I don't know what the yeah. hell. Um, you're gonna see us cleaning up the houses that all these white people be leaving mad messy. Yeah. You're gonna be seeing us in the restaurants in the back, like we are cooking your food. So if you if it wasn't for us, you wouldn't have food. No, you I feel you. Saying? No, literally, they pick the food. They make sure you get the food. Yeah, exactly. yeah it's All the truth. It. You know, Hector, let me ask you a question, man. You know, and I don't know if you feel, but you work a lot with younger, younger. you know, you, you work in comic books and you kind of you touch, yeah. you touch it with uh, younger kids, uh, junior high and things like that, but uh, elementary. I mean, what have you seen? And I just asked this straight up, man. Like, has this kind of attitude, you know, be it, and I don't want to get into so deep into like a, a racial conversation, but... What is the attitude towards kind of, you know, I guess I do have to ask that question. I mean, has it gotten better or worse the same with kids now? I figure getting no, better, I, right? No, like, um, I, you know, obviously there's been a lot of anxiety with the current administration, you know, I, and it more very, very negative, you know. And, and so instances when conversations happen about 
expressing their own experiences or having their deal being deported, you know, from the factory, you know, just or you know, or, or making fun, you know, or or the migra being the new boogeyman, you know, I mean, it, la migra, you know. My you know. son is nine years old, you know, and I push, I, and I push the fact that hey, you know, you don't have to, you know, worry about, you know, we we feel there's no. Persons of color shouldn't matter, you know, equal, treat everybody the same, uh, you know, doesn't matter where you're from, doesn't matter what, what, what uh, economic level you're from, all that, you know, equality, right? But I always feel that, hey, I'm waiting for the old guard to die off so that we, the younger generations, the ones that are more woke, the ones that are more apt to change and want these better things for the world, for climate change, for, for, for social changes, are going to eventually be in power, Right. And that's the, you know, it, I not believe that in our perspective, we're waiting for that moment. But at the same time, the other mentality is also racing their own folks, you know, like the Proud Boys and all that BS, you know, and that type of mentality is it's still being is Gary is still being pushed and gearing up. And so by the time our kids are our age, then they're going to be saying, oh, waiting for the old guard or, you know, it's. Okay. My thing I mean, is, it trips me up is this, man. There's more of us than there are of them, and it shouldn't be like a like a freaking war. You know, it feels like everybody's kind of holding tight for this big to do, this big clash. Something's gonna come to where there's gonna be sides, and unfortunately, there's already lines being drawn in the sand. Not to, no pun intended with the borders, but just in 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 the beliefs. You know, like we talked about that guy saying, "Hey, I'm gonna be the minority." And it's like, what have you been taught? Like Daniel's saying, like, where are you at mentally, spiritually, what have you, where you need to feel that you're going to be less than anybody else coming in to clean your toilets? You know, like, there's something right. there. It, you know, I, I, I see your perspective, but I see that these these lines will be changing, you know, and it's like these new there will be new rules about who will be able to get in into be a majority, you know, because if you're talking about, you know, white Caucasian, what is what exactly is that, you know? And so, you know, there was a time, moment in time where Italian Americans were not even considered white or, you know, yeah. Jewish, but, you know, Irish, the, 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 Irish like, you know, yeah. all the, you know, and so I believe that maybe in after the new census 2020, and still there's still controversy coming around that who's you know, who was able to be counted, you know, and this actually, that's very important that everybody's counted regardless of status. No, too. so everybody's being yeah. counted is important. So, you know, we talked about that there's this fear, you know, of, of a brown, black colored planet, you know, I, I welcome it, right? You know, I welcome the changes, I welcome this and hopefully we get there. But, you know, the one thing that I want to kind of touch on is that fear, you know, like the the fear that America had or, you know, the right had or just, you know, 45 pushed on about Mexicanos coming to the United States that they send their worst. They send their, 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 their rapists, the murderers, all this, right? That sentiment has now flipped and we have Mexicanos saying that about the caravan, the Centroamericanos coming through into yeah. their own country yeah. and they're not even trying to stay in Mexico. It'd be different if right. they're trying to stay in Mexico, but yeah. they're trying to come through. Like It's this true. Um mm -hmm. There's like pictures of the mayor of Tijuana with the Make Tijuana oh. Great Again. Wow. And it's like, first of all, do you realize that the whole Make America Great Again, the whole MAGA statement, <laughs> yeah, comes from quote unquote Mexicans. So you are now flipping the script, and now you're saying, it's like it's like you, it's it's um 
it's like you're backstabbing your own people. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You're promoting, uh, um, you're promoting the sentiment that 45 had against your own people, and now you're putting it against somebody else. And not only that, but like he's a, I've seen his picture, and he's a very much so a white passing Latino. So that um, white passing Mexican, whatever. Um, and that also has something to play with it because um, that also shows the internalized racism that you have towards other people outside of Mexico, which is which is also trash because it's like for real, like you're really gonna you're really gonna talk smack about people that are just trying to live a better life, just like the Mexicans that are leaving your country. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So I think that the whole like. Um, Mexico, Mexican nationalist um, idea that they have about whatever, whatever's going, whatever they're feeling towards them is just like so, it's so terrible. It's like, why would you, we're all the same, yo. Like, we all got colonized. We're all trying to live a better life. You might have the best life that you could have right now because you, one, the color of your skin definitely takes a play um, onto what you're doing, um, your your position and your status that, that you have. And, you know, it's just, we all need to check ourselves, and we definitely need to check. So, um, just to, the just people to kind of are... bring it home in terms of what's happening, like I was in LA a week ago. Um, I was literally on, I was on a train, and this lady sat near, you know, ears. I'm gonna, I can hear what they were saying. Y la señora, esa señora estaba obviamente mexicana, um, and mm. she was saying like. Um, no, si es que toda esta gente es, you know, son mareros y de la, you know, son pandilleros y la señora esa que malagradecida que de los frijoles, que porque no come frijoles. Lo que yo pienso es que no, que no, no, and like, like, what? And in my head, I'm like, what the fuck? You know, that's me. That's my, like, my first reaction. So, so check it. Give me a second, Coronado. This, I'm trying to kind of postulate this for you because I am very into, like, it'll be like a, like a spectrum. Salvadoreño, Centroamericano. And then I, this is, our opinion is what the fuck, you know? And then it'd be interesting to go towards you and then go towards Hector, you know? And this is very purposefully because you are, Guatemalteco Mexicano, like what's occurring there in the middle, you know, where you're at, and then what's occurring with Hector in terms of, you know, opinions that he hears from his own, you know, family. people around us, because we have the same you. thing. So. Yeah. So that's my reaction. What the fuck, you know? So how do you find, because I imagine there's sort of some sort of sensibilities that you have to kind of navigate in terms of your, eres Guatemalteco, pero también eres Mexicano, and then you have all these opinions revolving around you. Opinions that are of, you know, half your DNA, you know, cultural, whatever, you, you know, if you want to split hairs, you know. That's a big question. Mm-hmm. So, um, for myself, like, let me just give you a, a little background. Um, so, my mother is Mexican. She's from Chiapas, Mexico, which, um, it, no, if you guys know anything about Chiapas, it's the most poor state in all of Mexico. And it's Chiapas, southern Mexico. It's they're like, more akin, more indigenous. Yeah, more indigenous right. people, right? I so. think it is one of the most, if not the most, indigenous state in Mexico. Um, all of those states down there, really. And anyway, um, so they're really literally from the border from Guatemala, maybe like a 20-minute taxi ride or something, maybe 15 minutes. Um, so it's really not that far. 
um, so I always feel like my traditions and my cultural upbringing has always been more Central American because my father is Guatemalan. And even though I didn't grow up knowing much about him, um, I still feel like the way that we live our lives as Southern Mexicans um, and Southern Mexican descendiente or whatever you guys want to call it, because um, I was born here in the States, I think um, my experience as a Mexican-American um, has been very different because every time I mention that, and I know it sounds kind of like a story, I apologize, but um, every time I mention that I am Mexican or that my mother's Mexican, I feel like Mexican people, they they look at me, they're like, for real? Like, I would have never guessed. And then they start quizzing me, like, on all this Mexican shit that I don't know about. Wow. But, for example, like, um, when you mentioned the Los Tigres del Norte, like, I did not know that song. I did not know that quote. I didn't know anything about that. I've seen them in concert once, but that's because it was, like, free, and it was, like, at a little <laughs> convention that I was at or whatever. And they were, like, the entertainment, whatever. But, like, I don't know much about the mainstream Mexican culture, which is something that really pisses me off. Not that I don't know, but that... Um, all Mexicans are expected to be in one um, one cookie cutter thing, you know. When Mexico is literally probably one of the most diverse um, Latin American countries yeah. um, mm-hmm. that is out there, yeah. and you know what I'm saying? Like you can go to two different states in Mexico, and it'll be like two different countries. Mm-hmm. So, um, so for that matter, I I definitely um, do believe in um, the movement of the the caravan coming through and all of that. But I don't align myself with the views of that woman that you were talking about. No, but um, the duality that occurs there within you as a person. That's what I'm trying to explore. Oh, the duality yeah. of Mexican and Central yeah. American kind of? Given this, you know, I don't feel situation. like I, I don't feel like there is a duality to me. I feel sometimes I don't and even feel like awesome. I'm either. <laughs> that's, feel like my I, man, I, I fucking that's the case, love that, That's man. awesome, you know? You know, it's but but it, it it's not that there isn't a duality because I don't want it to be or because I wasn't raised. It was just because that's just what it is. You mm-hmm. know, like as a Southern Mexican, literally, like from the border, like you can break it break it down to like the way we speak, the way we eat, or what we eat, um, the way we we just do things. It's just different than these um. Plátan, quote Simple as that. <laughs> like, you know? That's the only way we ever grew up learning. And the, yeah. and recently, like a couple years ago, like we'll be using corn if we run out, you know. But um, yeah, man, like I just don't feel like as Mexican as I quote unquote should. So my duality isn't really a duality. You know, I, you know, to kind of step in, you know, and I'm sorry to cut you off there, but I want to touch mm-hmm. on that. You know, Walter and me, we have discussions here and there where he tells me, hey, man, you need to lean into your Salvadorianism, you know, like, because, and he's right. Like, he was raised in El Salvador longer than I was. He was there for longer. He had to go there for a certain amount of time. I was raised in the States. My parents Im- embedded in me what they could, our traditions. But even I am as Daniel, you know, my, both my parents are from El Salvador. But people tell me, like, you're not Salvadorian. The way I speak, my, my the way I speak Spanish or the way I speak or carry myself, my complexion, all that stuff. I get yeah. thrown into me like, hey, you're not Salvadorian. Nah, when you talk about quizzing you, oh, have you ever had this? Have you ever had that? Yeah, I get that. Exactly. It's, it's annoying. I'm with you, man. And like, like my son, you know, he tells me like, am I Mexican or am I Salvadorian? I go, you're both. And I told him it shouldn't matter, but you're both. You have different traditions, different things. And there are things that are the same, you know? And I think that like you said, there there shouldn't be a split. I'm, I'm a big believer in that. But I guess what we need to acknowledge, though. Okay, 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 okay. But this is the thing: there shouldn't be a split, and that's okay. But the recognition should and will should be there. 
Yeah, it's like way of honoring. Yeah, those. exactly. It's like one time we had a discussion, and 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 Freddie was t- Stanley was telling me like, why, why, like, why is there a Latin Grammy, and you know, every, like, shouldn't just there be a Grammy? It's like yeah, because nobody's paying attention to la- the Latinos. Like you need the Latin Grammy for the Latinos to pop up. You know, you need representation and everything. So yes, in an ideal world, like yes, you need you know. But you need to identify both sides, you know. That's what I'm saying. All right, it's my tangent there, Daniel. You know, at least when I'm there. <laughs> I, I was pretty much done. I was just gonna say, um, if anything, I feel just Latino. Like I don't. I used to when I was in high school. I used to identify as Chicano, you know, um, because of some things that I was learning. But I don't really identify like that anymore. And, and um, honestly, to go along with the duality, um, I just to anyone listening. Your identity does not have to be, um, it's not the end-all, say-all. Like, you can definitely change your identity um, during the course of the of the of of your life. Like, you might figure out that, like, when you're 30 years old, maybe you don't like to be called this. Maybe you don't like to be this way. And you can definitely be whoever you want to be. And you don't have to be only one thing. You can be... Um, you can be Latino, you can be Mexican, you can be um, Central American um, and only identify Central American. You don't have to identify as all Latino because maybe you don't understand Latinidad as a whole and you understand only Central American um, cultures because if you go to Brazil, it'll be totally different. Yeah. Or if you go to Dominican Republic, that's a whole new culture. So I just want to tell everybody, like, your identity is your identity and what's your business is your business. Like, you don't have to worry about um, what everybody else put on you. Yeah, yeah. Good then, yeah, man. Good cause. Hector, what about you, man? What are, what are your thoughts about this move? Yeah, so kind of moving towards your direction in terms of uh you know, it's like like I'm I'm I might I might being well, I'm gonna be very blunt. It's oh, like yeah. like what the fuck? Yeah, no and and, and, and no and no and that's the truth. Like right now, like you're here because I want to get your opinion in terms of that, whether you agree with it or no, not. Maybe, that's hey, a whole different thing. But you know, it's it, like it's like if there's an understanding, there's like this whole thing going on, you know. You know what? It, you bring this whole part of um, colorism in mm-hmm. uh, in our culture, yeah. you know, and our raza. It exists, man. It exists, you know. And it's I've uh, you know I, I was I. You know, I feel I always had a sense of privilege just because of my lighter skin. My my family, we lived in North Mexico, you know, and uh, my my family's been around there for about 400 years, you know, and they were hence, you know, both sides of being the colonizers and being uh, being part mestizo too, you know, and so I acknowledge both sides. Um, you know, there's a reason my my family had a um, my mom's side had a huge ranch. We had our family reunion there, and and we found arrowheads, you know, in the, in the ranch, family ranch. And it's like, and it's kind of just that, like shit, you know, this wasn't our land, yeah. you know, <laughs> so it's somebody else's land, and we just happened to steal it, you know. Uh, and then that other side was stolen from the United States, blah blah blah. But you know, and. Um, but it, it, it is, man. I have so many stories. You know, I, I you know, I grew up in Southwest Texas. You know, and uh, my, my, I mean, I'm guerito, My, my primos guaritos. You know, green, brown, blue eyes. You know, I'm brown eyes. You know, brown hair. You know, blonde hair. Tola. So you know, and so it's, in that northern Mexican culture is is different. You know, than central and south. You know, and 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 that and those folks there. You know, they they live. 
in the bubble, especially, you know, the and it's all more of a it's not necessarily about race race, it's more about social class and economics. But it seems more than anything else, you know? But it is underlying that folks that tend to be having an economic advantage tend to be more of the European descent than anything else. And it becomes more of a networking and, you know, those opportunities that they had before everybody else. So to, to, to touch on that, do yeah. you think that the, the issue with the, with the Mexican opinion right now, and I know it's not everybody, but the stereotype that's been built by the Mexican comment right now about uh, the Central Americans are ungrateful, that they're dirty, that they're leaving trash, like this stereotype that's being built, is it, is it because of that social economic well, idea that they're better it, than them? Well, you know, it, I think believe I believe that Within Latin, within Hispanic, the Hispanic Latino world, between you can include Spain. Spanish people think the same way about Mexicans, you know. And I've felt that because I have, you know, my family will, you know, that are from live in Spain or in, you know, and and so, and then Mexicans feel the same way as Central Americans, but los los Argentinos they think about, yeah, you know, and. Brazilians and Portuguese, you know, they're in their own world, and especially the white Portuguese. You know, what do you but think it, that is? What do you, I mean, what's besides the obvious reason? It's just it's the hierarchy that's been yeah. established by the Spanish Empire way back, you know, when this, um, you know, it is mentality, you know, about the goodness of being pure or what, whatnot, you know, and Right, it just goes down both onto the the history. Um, so that's so you know, like I tell this my my abuelita, you know, it's like, you know, she, you know, she she just, you know, I would she hated if my primos would bring like a morenita. Over, oh yeah, you know? that's you fucking... know. You know, and so I and I got you know, and I started noticing El so Prietito, you know, yeah, you know, it's like you know, yeah, it's like old school mentality, you know. It's like it's like, and, and you know what, like just man, to kind of like ask Coronado right here, like this is one thing that uh, you know, this is towards you know Daniel over here, like um, the one thing I noticed is that, um, and I mean it's also for Hector, like as as a you know Salvadoreño, I lived in El Salvador. People did not refer to me as Moreno in El Salvador, just to kind of explore the color colorism, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, in El Salvador, like I'm, just soy, just soy Moreno, verdad? Pero in El Salvador, they wouldn't call me Moreno, and I've told this to Stanley. In El Salvador, I'm not referred as Moreno. You have to be much more Moreno than me yeah. to be Moreno. You yeah. Know? And then here in the United States, Mexican people see me as Moreno. I am dark enough to be Moreno, and I'm like shit, you know. I felt good to me to be called Moreno, yeah. which is something that I was never called in Salvador. It's like, have you run into that, Daniel? Like, like that kind of, I don't mm. know. To me, it feels like, you know. I don't, I know what you're saying because um, when I'm out here in the United States, I mean, um, I wouldn't say that I'm darker than most of my friends, but I would definitely say that uh, I'm not, like of a whiter complexion um comparing myself to to maybe um freddie and hector so my complexion isn't really like y'all's i definitely have more of like uh, melanin and more darker features um but 
when I went to Mexico um, for the first time in 2016, it was funny because they told me that um, they're like, "Oh no, yeah, you're like you're like really um, you're really blanquito," and I was like, "For real? Like, I feel like I'm pretty brown. Like, I'm decently brown. Like, mm-hmm. I would consider myself like what they say in Spanish, trigueño, like where you're like in the middle or whatever." So I would consider myself that, but they were saying that I was blanquito, and I was like, okay, I mean, everyone is a little, everyone is darker than me over there um, in Chiapas, where my family lives, yeah. so like, yeah. I totally get it. It was just funny, because it's like, uh, it's just interesting how color takes a, takes role in, in a lot of places, and um, going yeah. back to what you were saying earlier, Hector, about how you kind of felt a little bit bad, or like, that you had a little bit of upper hand, maybe, if that's what you were trying to say. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a privilege. I mean, it's true. Yeah, I mean, it, even in college, going to a bar, right? My the story, my cousin and I, my best friend, my best friend being uh, Mexican-American, being Chicano, you know, uh, you know <laughs> like brown, brown, you know. And my cousin and I are a lot lighter skin, and, and so we walked in, we don't get carded. And then we go back, my best friend's having a conversation with the bouncer, like, what, what the hell? What's going on? Like, hey, man, they, they're asking. I need to have my college, college, college ID. And like, oh, shit, you, you, you live here. Let me speak uh, we to don't. your manager. <laughs> yeah, we don't. They just let the real Mexican pass you, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, no, but like about that, um, yeah. about how you were saying that you felt like you like were, I don't know if you were ashamed, but I know people that are like white passing for sure that are Latino, that are um, Mexican or whatever. And they sometimes do feel ashamed. And I'm like, you should not feel ashamed for growing up and having privilege. Like, do not feel ashamed about that because you have no control over what family, what color skin, and what, you know, where you're born. What you have control over is the, pr- the privilege that you, do, that you have, which goes back to, um, which goes back to these um, Mexican people that are going against um, a lot of the Central Americans that are going on. You do not have the right to feel any type of way towards them because they're just trying to live their best life and because you have a better life does not mean that you should be shitting on somebody who does not have that life and so um so the privilege that you carry like i have privilege uh, over um over the the immigrants that are coming in over daca uh, recipients you know because i have the ability to go to school get my financial aid if i need to blah say blah yep. and all that can be covered so i have privilege in yep. that sense and i did mm-hmm. feel bad in a sense for, yep. for that too. but you have to use your privilege for the better you cannot be in your own little bubble and be like bueno porque yo tengo and they don't yeah. i'm not doing nothing and i'm gonna feel bad about myself because that's really doing a disservice and i was um at an erica badu concert maybe like two or three years ago and um she was saying that um she said something to the effect of it is it is not bad to be a white person it is not um it is not a sin it is not nothing but what is a violent crime is not speaking up for your fellow brothers and sisters of a darker skin color because by you having that privilege you are using um you are using your privilege as a weapon um and your silence is violence you know what i'm saying so the more whiter your skin is the more you should be speaking up about these so what do you use Uh, because think about it when if a man says um yeah women aren't getting paid enough um and we need to do something about it they'll be like oh shit this is a man speaking up for women okay maybe he's right but if it's a woman they're just gonna be like oh she's just some some whiny girl that wants to get more money blah 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 so that's where i would like to lay my point like the whiter you are the more of a duty that you have don't just put it upon the people that are oppressed 
use your power to elevate other people and to, to bring the light where it needs to be because your circle is probably white too no yeah. you're right man I'm, I'm there with you and Hector you know like the, yeah. the, to use your point again like Daniel did you know like we have the ability to sit here and have this conversation okay and I think that that's yeah. kind of where we're kind of dancing around is or you touched it I think that kind of answers why you know the moment that someone took the moment that someone didn't like how can I phrase this and I apologize but I'm, I want to make the message clear the moment that 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 meme be, that woman became a meme, she became the instant face of yeah of every 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 she became every every salvadoreño every nicaragüense every hondureño that came through as ungrateful, garbage leaving yeah. behind like she became this this thing. But the moment that it's like Mexicanos felt that hey you should be fucking grateful. That I'm letting you walk through my streets. That I'm giving you something to, to drink, something to eat. Hey, there's plenty of people that were grateful for the help. But that one person doesn't define the whole group. And that is, is and that's not to also completely just, you know, not, I mean, it's also, we should also acknowledge all the help that has come from Mexican yeah, people. definitely. Like, like food, water, everything, everything, everything. And just pause. Just positivity, good vibes, man. Like, yeah, I mean, could just a lot of the that. churches. Yeah, yeah, a lot and of then, and then even, refuge. I don't know if you guys right listen to AMLO. Unless, uh, yeah, his a speech that he gave. He also mentioned Centro America that, and I fucking got shivers down my spine when he said that we should also focus on having Centro America prosper, so to prevent this whole mass migration, because that's the yeah. effect of this. You know, the poverty and the violence is a res is what results and, you know, turns into these migrations, right? So it's not to, to, we're not here to talk shit about Mexican people pretty much. Like, there's a lot of good coming from the Mexican people, but there's this, you know, like you said, this whole, like, what the fuck? Like, you know, Coronado said over there, like, the fuck? Make Tijuana great again? Like, what the fuck? Like, I think that that's what Dude, man, that, and that term is dangerous, man. Yeah. This shit was being used in Nazi Germany. No, but this is the thing. Like, think about it this way, and I want to kind of round down to kind of like to, to get to the, the finer end here, but the the thing is, you know, we I've run into situations where people like Mexicanos uh, or uh, even like third, you know, third generation, young, young Centroamericanos come up to me like, hey, man, what's up with your people? Why are they fucking depreciando like the, the the comida and everything we're we're doing for them or that they're doing? You know this is bullshit. They should just go back. You know, and I say, man, it's easy to point fingers when we talked about earlier. You have the privilege to be here, safe at home. You know, to point the finger and go, hey, go back. You know, uh, yeah. you know, it's easy to sit here and and, and and dismiss someone and go, hey, man, they can just go right back, right? No, they can't. They're fleeing for a reason. And the one thing that snaps me into it's kind of like a shock is. They're not even trying to stay in Mexico. You know, they're trying to just come through. But even if Mexico was a place that was welcoming and that would boom their economy, that would boom, you know, uh, something there. But it just seems like now with this being the case, people being attacked, people, uh, they're doing protests, they even have them there in, in, in Tijuana. They're, they're getting hate on both sides. These people don't have a way. They don't really have a way back either. Imagine what they're, they have to march back. To where they yeah, came from? No. Imagine that. Mm. And to also kind of chime yeah, in so and and and, that, and, and, and oh. wait and just kind of like both sides, right? It's not like every uh, yes, mm -hmm. not every little single person in that caravan is an innocent white dove, because that's the 
that's of course it's not. it's a, like is it is this even worth addressing? No, but it is at the same time because it affects them because it's like one person fucks up y no le gustan no le gustaron los frijoles and all of a sudden everybody gets thrown under the bus. So yes, not everybody's a white dove in that goddamn fucking caravan, but that doesn't mean everybody's gonna should pay the price for that. You know, just wanted to add that in there like. Thank you, Mexican people, for all the help and everything. And you, and but then at the same well, time, yeah, there's you know, you know, there, there's not there needs to be a, a process in place. There needs to be, um, you know, the a the Red Cross welcoming the judges, you know, for getting them through, you know, refugee status, you know, and it's it, all these things should be in place if you know we we need to treat those that are most vulnerable. You know, humanely, humanely, in in this country that has a lot of resources. You know, we are spending what what close to what six hundred seven hundred billion dollars in defense, and yeah. you know, and and when it comes down to you know helping our fellow man, you know, in our backyard, you know, we're not able to. <laughs> one right? one thing the thing is like you talk about backyard, but even within here, the conversation that, that expression alone is insulting. Like but, backyard, like. You know, but here to get my point, Walter, and to everyone okay. here is just like conversation. the conversations that we're having at home, within our families, our friends. You know, what um, uh, Hector, you mentioned. You know, you have even within your own family different opinions about this. You know, and the fact that I'm having conversations that we're trying to almost explain for the kind of what Daniel was saying. Hey, use the privilege that you do have for the for the good. You know, every conversation you have with someone, be it so small, is going to help perpetuate a good stereotype as opposed to all this negative. You know, and mm-hmm. I feel that those conversations are not being had. Instead, a lot of Centroamericanos, because of whatever conditioning we've had of being beat down for so long, yeah, because we've always been considered, and I'll be honest with you, there was a long time where I was younger, I had to say, yeah, I'm, I'm Mexican too, because I spoke Spanish. Yeah. Okay? Because of the... That's of the of if I a survival tactic living in South Central LA, cold where switching, they call it what? cold switching, strategic ambiguity, yeah. right? Yeah, like, you know, and because of the fact of survival, because oh, you're you're Salvadoreño, oh, I'm Mexican, f you, I don't like you, and I just because of the 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 the, the migration from back then in the eighties, that whole animosity still existed in the mid nineties, you know, and so I had to kind of find that middle ground to survive, and I I hate that that's where we ended up. And so now to have those conversations and be like, listen, we need to stand up, not be afraid, not yeah. be meek about it. I'm not saying to be vulgar or anything, but like Daniel was saying, like use that privilege. Like, you know what? I'm in a position where I can have a conversation with you as a grown-ass man and explain to you why your opinion of this stereotype is wrong and let's clear up the air. Do you all think that it's time for us to have more of a voice? Or what, what needs to happen? I guess my question is, what can we do now here with us as individuals what can we do to help perpetuate good so i think it literally this whole like quote-unquote rivalry that we're talking about is so real um and i don't even understand i really don't understand why it is uh, i like to say that it all stems down to <laughs> soccer, soccer and <laughs> I do hey, jinx listen so <laughs> whenever mexico is playing it doesn't matter who they're playing they could be playing the most like 
the most awkward team ever. Like, I don't know, like, freaking Japan. Trinidad or something. <laughs> to do with Central America, but, like, all the Central Americans are always like, ah, no, I'm going for Japan because Mexico's playing, and I hate Mexico because Mexico this, this, and that. I'm like, okay, nice. Um, that's cool. You really have no reason for, like, there, there's, I, I don't What's understand. nationalism, man? You know what I'm saying? And so, like, I get it. It's not... <laughs> It's not Mexicans' fault that they have a great team. Um, they just so happened. I don't know along the history of, of you know soccer or whatever. I really believe like that's where I stand for it. Like I really think that it comes down to soccer because I don't know anything else. Um, and so, but that's like such a such a prime example though because when and, and then um, Mexicans get like all like butthurt about it. They're just like oh like they always hate us but we always win. And I'm like okay well there's your pride too. So. It's yeah. like, you got to put your pride on both ends. Like, why are you going against Mexicans so much? Is it because your country sucks at soccer? Or is it because, you know, um, for what reason? Well, and I'm not trying to... Hey, you know, it's because we have such a sweet natural anthem. You know, it's this riveting, man. It gets you tingling. Hey, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote... Um, I'm just going to jump in here and quote um, uh, Gloria from Radio No Jodas. I was listening to one of her episodes, and it's true. The reason that this animosity came out, at least on you know my tentative analysis uh, for the moment, and I'm gonna have Stanley kind of give you like a little story that he told me about that I was not aware of growing up in '88 in Hoover, LA, was that uh, Mara MS, uh, all these Maras that came about came because we as Salvadoreños. As the Salvadoreño diaspora started increasing here and started becoming under, you know, attack in a certain way, we those groups came about to defend themselves against uh, Mexican, other Mexican, you know, Mexican people, Mexican gangs, black and gangs. black gangs, African American gangs. So it was just a way of defending ourselves from each other. And last time, me and Stanley were talking, and he told me a very cool fucking story of growing up up. This gave me like an idea of like we grew up in '88 in Hoover, right? So, and you told me like a. Well, I don't want to say if it's a cool story, but what is what is referring? What is interesting? I'll say that it kind of addresses what we're talking about right well, now. Well, in a sense, but I guess what he's saying is that we lived in a neighborhood that's predominantly African American. Okay, during that time, uh, South Central now it's called South Los Angeles, but South Central was predominantly African American. Okay, mm -hmm. a lot of the people that migrated from you know Central America ended up majority there. Uh, there was a, bu uh, uh, like a blossoming community of Salvadoreños in the area. And it so happened that mm -hmm. uh, we had a lot of people coming just from the war, a lot of military. And what they would end up doing is that there would be a lot of street fights. There would be a lot of uh, fights. Okay, uh, They would end up scaring people out of that neighborhood for better means. And it's not a glamorous story. Yeah, you know? it's not. It's, very, it's, it's a raw story. They would scare people out of these neighborhoods. Make a phone call and say, hey, the apartment on the street is free. Go ahead and call El Primo, whatever. Come on down. Okay? And that kept on going through, I'm going to say, the better half of like five, six, seven years where, no lie, on one block was basically a whole neighborhood from El Salvador that grew up together, all living in one whole block. So we're talking predominantly anywhere from a block to a block and a half of nothing but Salvadoreños that grew up in the exact same town. As they would have there. They built their own like community out of it. Yeah. But through violence. Through having to go extreme. Using the the trauma yeah, from fighting, war. Fighting over the limited resources. Limited resources that they yeah. had. But I, I think that where Walter is coming from. And it's just a matter of showing what we had to do to get there. 
as far as why we have to have an animosity between Mexicanos, African-Americans. I mean, African-Americans, it's a different conversation. I know that was specifically in that neighborhood was just because that's what was predominantly there. But within Mexicanos, there was a lot of hate because they're taking yeah. over territory. They're used to being in control. This is what they identify with because they're closer to the border. And then we ended up being going with extreme violence, which led to a lot of animosity yeah, on both sides. this is the thing, too, that you have to kind of address it, admit to that. Our parents, his mom, my dad, every we showed up. Our, our parents showed up with with what type of background? Military and guerrilla background. I'm going to be playing. I'm, we're being raw about this. Like, these yeah. motherfuckers showed up knowing how to shoot a gun and swing a machete. You know, and then they showed up here and it's like they just took over certain parts and just made themselves some room. So I think that part of the animosity that occurs there is just part of, you know, fighting over very limited resources in the quote unquote hood. But I think we caused that, though. I think that it's not violence doesn't help. And I hate to, that's why I don't like this story no, per se. That, it's, not, it's not that we caused that. No, so, no, sorry, no, me and him are getting into it right now. It's not that we caused it. It's just that <laughs> when, when there's not enough resources. We need to survive, right? Yeah, when there's not enough resources, it's like you have, you know, and sorry to make this reference, but if you have two dogs and you're starving them both and you give one food, they end up fighting each other instead of fighting the motherfucker that's not feeding them. That's in the right. situation that we're in. So it's not. I'm not blaming the Mexican brother or the African American brother. Not at all. It's just we're just making room in that mosh pit for ourselves, you know. Anyway. And that also goes down to the whole thing that's going on with the caravan right now. Like they are fighting each other, but they're not fighting um, the reason behind yes. it. Um, you know what I'm saying? So, um, but I, I also wanted to um, to mention that. If we could just all realize that our differences are actually more than, they're more similarities than differences. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, things could just go so much differently. And, and it's so corny and so tacky to say it, but it's just nothing but the facts. Like, the more you accept the fact that you're different, the more similarities that you'll come across. Um, and that that's also why I identify more um, towards Latino than a specific nationality of where my parents came from. Because I feel like I can identify with so many different cultures um, in Latin America, and, and I feel like I I absorb a lot of different things that people give me um, from their cultures, and so that's that's the beauty about it. And um, and it really does suck that we end up like crabs in a bucket, you know. Oh, um, the Mexican people that are hating against the Central Americans, they're only um, pulling the Central Americans and their movement down versus elevating them to, first of all, the more you let them cross and you give them the ability to cross, the more that they'll get out of your fucking sight, you know what I'm saying, if that's really your issue. Um, and, and when they say, um, why don't they just turn around, it's not like they're around the block from their house. Can <laughs> yeah. you, yeah, can I drop you, can I pick you up like a little, like a little puppet, drop you in the middle of Kansas and tell you, just turn around and go back home. Don't even finish the journey that I was going to have you do. Down the you can't do that. I'm lost. And not only that, you got you to gotta take, take into consideration these people are coming here in a group. If one of them decides to turn around, where are they going to go? Who are they going to um, run to? That's why it's a collective. And again, it goes back to if we all just work together, things can go a whole lot better. Versus kicking people back out to because they don't look good in your country, so, or because they're temporarily 
um, causing a mess, quote so, unquote. So, hey, you know, Coronado, just to kind of like vibe out of your vibe right now, because I love that you kind of brought that in and between all the discussion and it's all a lot of negativity, but to kind of like wrap this up and end this and just kind of pass pass the baton on like the virtual talking stick to you know person by person we'll start with you and with that same like very very loving message you just said like if you can kind of put some words together and kind of say your you know what you think which is you know like my conclusion yeah it's like i i love that you brought that in that you kind of injected it's like you know what remind pulled us back and reminded us hey we as corny and cliche and full of platitudes and diatribes and whatever else it's like love right you know yeah i mean um in a sense yeah and um the more you how do i say it so i saw something that said um neighbors protect neighbors and the more that we um include that mentality into our mind the more that we'll be able to push ourselves forward you know and i also wanted to bring up that um the Honduran lady about the beans, you know, they call her Lady Frijoles now, so <laughs> that's a little in it. But um, Lady Frijoles, this lady, um, it, it sucks that she had to be the voice of so many Hondurans because, um, and Central Americans um, alike because they're all coming, you know. Um, it sucks that she was the one that was blasted like that because, first of all, like, again, if we all just work together and if you could just be thankful that you're, you have to think, it, think about this. You got a smooth, more than a hundred heads behind you that people they don't have to feed you but they're feeding you because they want to feed you you know what i'm saying so if you can just like take that into consideration and then like be like well if i can just accept this with love instead of feeling a sense of entitlement um then i think everything will move on and hello we're central americans like yo do y'all not eat frijoles and tortillas right. no, no hay nada, right? you know what i'm saying like that's just what it is. That's our diet. And for you to say that this is pig food, you know what I'm saying? It's not malagradecida. And so, right. Uh, that that's Porque really what it comes down to. Malagradecida in my in my um in my pecado. eyes. But pecado. at the same time, at the same time, um, the word um, that she's just one person. Yeah. She's not all of them. So then, that's also where the Mexican people um, need to realize that yo, just because one person said this does not mean that they're all ungrateful and that we all should just pull back and not help them at all you know so it, it's definitely like like a two-sided story or a double-edged sword whatever the hell the freaking tri- phrase is y'all know what i mean you gotta really think about about this take her out of the picture and the problem probably wouldn't have been arrived um it wouldn't have arised like like it was she but it sucks also because mexicans were so fast to cancel her out and be like well fuck her like and sending her death threats and all of this that she dead ass was under um, hiding or whatever and then she was yeah. uh, ended up in the hands of Mexican officials now she's in Dallas Texas right now so you know yeah she's being uh, held yeah yeah so actually I, I saw something that she was with a cousin like she's living with a cousin now I don't know como sea well, either way the whole thing is like realize that people are just people um, an individual is just an individual but when they come in as a collective and they're all coming in together you have to realize that it's for a bigger, um, a bigger cause. And I also want to give um, a huge shout out to all the like single mothers that are crossing over um, with their kids, doing miles and miles a day. Um, shout out to all of the um, transgender um, brothers and sisters that we have crossing over because 
if you could imagine being um, just being a regular, per- not that they're not regular, but just being a cisgender person crossing through yeah. your struggle, but living an identity that could be visibly um, different, quote unquote, yeah. for lack of a better word, is even harder because, you know, the living conditions and then having to use the restroom, um, depending on how far along in your trans journey you are, like these are real things. And it's just so sucky that we just think of it as one thing. And they're like, well, I don't know why the fuck they're coming over here. Why don't they, they, they're, they have no other choice. And so again, it goes back to the, to the love. Think about it yourself. You obviously wouldn't want to do it, but if you had to, you would bring your kids and all these white little families out here, if the United States was burning up, y'all would be fleeing too. So, um, just think about it as a love one another type of thing, you know. Go back to the Bible or whatever y'all like to read. <laughs> you need to be reading that a lot closely. I'm hey, saying. So, <laughs> so hey, uh, Hector, kind of the, you know. Same question for you, yeah, man. Your question, thoughts, your, like, your, some love, your message. Some love, some love. Oh, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, you know, be, making sure that we, with our art, you know, with our um, content, you know, we create these opportunities for these conversations to happen and making sure that we support our communities the best we can with our own tools, you know, and there's a lot of negativity out there. And so, you know, making sure that we stay on message, being positive, you know, do whatever we can to support. Uh, and, you know, cause we're all that I say, you know, we're all in this together right. and, you know, regardless of our yeah. specific backgrounds and all that. So, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we're, you know, the, in the senses, we're all kind of the same. <laughs> God. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, but, uh, no, in, you know, like, I was looking through Twitter, you know, and all this crap, you know, like Lady Frijoles, you know, it, oh, man, the, oh, man, the art. Mexican folks, man, we really like like trolling, you know, and clever. Right. There's a lot of Mexicans. That's why, like one troll, <laughs> then they all know it. Then they all yeah. start doing that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, back to you. Yeah, you know, and but you know, it's it's creating these opportunities to these conversations. You know, maybe you'll have a part two later later on and see. Sure. You know how you know because we are missing that um, female's perspective. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, because yeah. the fact that we we can't speak for. I can speak for my own feelings and kind of the, the vibe we have with someone in our specific situation, right? Like Daniel said, we you know we don't have anybody from the transgender position going through this process as well. There's plenty of people traveling through that. Oh yeah, you know, female perspective, yeah. a single mother perspective. You know, all these perspectives that we don't we don't have an idea on. And I think like we talked about, this can be an, this this is more than likely one of hopefully many conversations we can have on this subject. Maybe not just this specific one, but things that we need to address in general within our our community. Okay. And uh, yeah. I definitely agree with you. And uh, I want to pass that on to to my, my primo right here and just to kind of uh, maybe take his thoughts before I, I um, end up with mine in closing. But uh, Walter, what do you got to say? Uh, I'm going to say this, and I've been saying it. I'm going to say it again. Uh, we're all Native American, and don't let them tell you otherwise. It's true. That's it. That's it. That's it. Well, guys, uh, we've come to the end here. And like I said earlier, uh, I want to – just really thank you know our guests here, our our primos here in arms that we had this conversation. Some things we may not have agreed upon in all facets, but at the end of the day, we walk away knowing that we're all the same. Like uh, I want to just t- take the time to thank both of you, Daniel, 
if you would, you know, I want you to just really put out there, you know, where can people find you? Uh, you know, where can they find your content, your podcast, and what you do? Uh, please put yourself out there for us here and take, take no the doubt. moment for that. Uh, so my name is Daniel Coronado. I'm the host of the Plot Twist podcast. Um, again, the POC Millennials podcast. You can find me on social media, on um, Twitter and Instagram. They're both the same. At underscore Daniel, D-A-N-I-E-L, Coronado, C-O-R-O-N-A-D-O. I feel like I'm on a spelling bee or something. Um, and, um, Wrong. And that's Instagram and Twitter. And you can find my podcast, um, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, not Spotify, on SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher, and also on Instagram, The Plot Twist Podcast. Um, I like to have a very engaging audience, and so if you guys um, liked any of um, the conversation that we had here, it's very similar on my podcast as well. So feel free to tune in and drop a comment. Hector, uh, you know, again, you know, with the work you do, it's not necessarily uh, in this same medium, but you, you are doing content creating. Very relevant. Very relevant to this, you know, and, and I really love the work you do. I I put your work out there in front of people whenever oh, the conversation thank arises. Thank uh, and uh, we want to support it. You know, just tell us what we can do to support you and, and your content and just uh, take the stage. No, um, thanks for having me. Um, you can check out. You know, my stuff, The Real Puzzle Hero, through Facebook, Instagram. Uh, check out realbravocomics.com for the upcoming books. We have uh, El Puzzle Hero Frontier de Terror coming up, you know, something fun, you know, uh, necessarily to, you know, something fun that I specifically did the art for. Uh, you know, if you like uh, horror, you know, that's right there, something away from the mainstream, you know, conversation. But also, we got Amazing Border Stories, too, coming up. Um, that's going to be a great story. Also, uh, I'll be on uh, NPR Latino USA uh, recording oh, okay. Tuesday, so keep an eye out for that. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so also um, right now Is running that. Is that the Inojosa? Dude, I mean, they're recording him. I don't know yet. Yeah, it's okay. a recording. I have to go to the NPR station here in Dallas to record it. Um, and... And so, it also, uh, you know, if you're flying, check out the American Airlines magazine. Woo! Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. Looking well, sharp. Well, yeah, you got a rep. <laughs> That's good, man. That's good, man. We definitely yeah. want to support your work. Thank you, bro. And, uh, yeah. you know, we, we want to follow you as much as well. And so, tonight, guys, uh, you know, us here just kind of get our platitudes out of the way as well. You know, we're uh, on social media as well, at My Primos Podcast. Uh, if you're listening to this, we appreciate your support. Please check out, you know, our Primos content as well, Daniel and Hector. Uh, we hope to have, you know, more conversations like this. And hopefully we can uh, bring, you know, a female perspective, even a, you know, different perspective in general. You know, we want to have conversations like this about uh, not necessarily just this specific thing, but anything that needs to be addressed. Right, so I want to just end this tonight with letting everybody know that we want to make sure that we've always addressed uh, the elephant in the room. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes we don't like to, even within our own dinner table. Okay, be it something with uh, you know economics, be it social issues, be it beliefs, be it what have you. We have to have these conversations. This conversation needs to happen one on one. When you see that, take that teachable moment. Yes. Take that moment. Someone says, "All oh, these fucking Centroamericanos." Hey. Let, yeah. me, let me address something with you, man. Can, can we talk? You know, have that moment. Don't be afraid. Don't feel. And if you're Centroamericano, because you didn't have that. I've had it. I was raised that way. So I'm telling you, I was raised that way. Where I had that fear of like, oh, shit, should I say something? I'm outnumbered here by three or four Mexicanos. You know what? Embrace that shit. Hey, brothers. Hey, 
Can I talk with yeah. you for a moment? Can we clear the air real quick? Especially if it's somebody you work with, yeah. someone you go to school with, someone you usually hang out with. Oh. And it's and especially in those situations, there should be no walls. And there should be no wall between us and our people. There should be no wall at all. Like Daniel says, I'm down with no borders. I'm down with all that. You know, there has to be a method. Sure, I'm not the guy to figure that out. Okay, but we don't want to set up a wall between ourselves, even between our own people. Mexicano, Salvadoreño, Hondureño, Nicaraguense, lo que sea. It shouldn't be a wall. It should be a bridge. We definitely want to keep that yeah. in mind. Bridge these conversations. Bridge to each other. Love. I love you, primos. You have a great day. Thank you. And take care of each other. Bye.